Hello, everyone, and welcome to the It Just Works podcast. I am your host, Ryan, and today I am starting this new series where it's kind of looking back at some of the best games, I believe, that came out this past generation as we are currently about to head into a new one. And today we are starting with Monster Hunter World, my personal favorite. If you haven't played this game yet, then please listen to the episode. I think you're in for a real treat, especially if you've already played it. Uh, Everyone wins. So let's just get into it. Cue that intro. Hello everyone and welcome into the show. We are doing something kind of new today. I wanted to start a series where I kind of go ahead and talk about some of the best games of this past generation as we are coming up on a new one with the Xbox Series X and PS5 along with, you know, the Series S as well and then next year, you know, the Nintendo Switch will be getting a 4K version, so it will be joining the next generation of gaming. Uh so I just kind of wanted to talk about a few games that I think really stood out. Uh, Just a spoiler alert, one of the episodes will be Respawn Entertainment as a whole, as I think each game they released really stood out on its own, so I kind of wanted to to include them as a package. So today, we are talking about Capcom's Monster Hunter World, which released January 18th for the Xbox One and PS4. So there was only one Monster Hunter on Xbox before Monster Hunter World. But for you know, I would say for the longest time, this franchise has been, uh, you know, just a lot more uh, Japan-based uh, in terms of in terms of its main fan base. It was popular around the world, but not enough for Capcom to really want to release it on PlayStation and Xbox. Its main target audience for the last few years has been the Nintendo audience, as they've been releasing more games on the 3DS. And then the Monster Hunter 3 on the Wii U. But anyways, so today we are talking about my personal favorite game of this generation, and that is Monster Hunter World. So I kind of wanted to do a brief history with my personal um, experience with Monster Hunter. So my story begins actually with Monster Hunter uh, 3 Ultimate, which released on the 3DS and the Wii U. It released, um, excuse me, uh, December 10th, uh, 2011. Uh, thanks to my friend Francisco, uh, you know, he, he was one of my friends at my first job, really good dude, you know, he always talked about Monster Hunter, obviously the game was coming out, so he kept really talking it up, and I really trusted his opinion because he, he liked a lot of the same games I did, and, you know, obviously us talking about video games, he's like, you don't like Monster Hunter? And I was like, well, I, I don't know, I just never got into it, and I used to see my old neighbors play it. Um, they played it on the PlayStation 2, and then I think one of them had it on the PSP. Uh, I just never I never got into it. So he talked me into getting the game, but I also played the beta. Uh, I'm sorry, the demo, um, back when they were called demos. And the demo is very fun. They all, uh, With Monster Hunter, they usually allow a demo to be released almost all the time for a mainline series game. They definitely want people to try their games out first. And I enjoyed the demo. I wasn't good at the game, <laughs> so... Um, I still enjoyed it enough and knowing that there was some type of, you know, online component to where we can all play and I can, you know, obviously play with them and get better at the game. Um, I definitely bought it. So, you know, it's been a really long time since a game has challenged me 
the, uh, to the point of this game. But for the first four hours of Monster Hunter uh, 3 Ultimate, I didn't know what I was doing. Like, I knew I was um, continue, or getting farther into the game, but I really wasn't good at it. Like, I was, like, barely getting by with my armor and my weapons because you're supposed to upgrade them as you go, as you fight new monsters. I didn't do that. And one of the things people will never have to experience in Monster Hunter World uh, and Iceborne is underwater combat. So at one point in the game, you fight a underwater elder dragon that is completely underwater. Like you're you are in a water cavern deep in the ocean, swimming around, uh, you know, attacking this thing. <laughs> there is no land in the entire fight. And let me tell you, <laughs> I sucked. I sucked really bad. I don't know how I got through it. Uh, I would say definitely patience and a lot, of, a lot of aggravation, I guess. So I got through it, and you know I'm grateful I did because I got a lot better at the game. Not not like I'm over here doing tournaments or anything, but I I got way more comfortable and I understood the stats and the purpose of obviously changing your armor and weapons. Um, obviously. It's always good to upgrade any type of equipment you have in these kind of games or pretty much any game that allows upgrading. It's like you're supposed to do it. It's the point of the game. So I finally got a grasp on that. And I got good at the game. I got to G-rank mode, which is the in-game mode. Uh, fought some crazy-ass dragons. One of them um, is terrifying, but uh, you will be getting to meet him soon in the game as we were talking about Monster Hunter World. It is the... Azur Rathalos, but he, you fight him high rank at first in Monster Hunter World. But let me tell you, the G rank one the first time is horrifying when you're such a noob at the games. But the game was gorgeous and difficult, but being able to play with your friends and experience something new was really fun for me. Once I got past those four hours in that Elder Dragon fight, I really found the game to be kind of astonishing. Like I, I didn't know what to expect as I got farther into the game, but it really took me by surprise as it was... It really stood out. Like the game was very well made. There's very little technical issues or gameplay issues. Uh, it was just very well done. In fact, I think the only issue I still have to this day with Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate, if I was to, you know forced to play it again, is just like the lack of tutorials or direction. Um, I don't think you need your hand to be held with certain games, you know, obviously. But like I literally did not know what I was doing. I don't even remember how I figured it out, but. That's where I started. I've been a Monster Hunter fan since 2011. I'm extremely grateful for this franchise. I'm really glad that the, uh, you know, Capcom decided to give the West a chance. You know, I think this this franchise deserves way more credit for what it is, and how well made the games are. And so, fast forward to January 6th of 2018, and we get Monster Hunter World released in on the PS4 and Xbox. Uh, you know, around the world. And by March of 2020, so this year, the game has sold over 15.5 million copies. Just think about that for a second. So I just got done telling you that, you know, Japan was mainly where this fan base was. And that Capcom, you know, for a long time was not necessarily eager, I would say, to release the games on the, the mainline consoles again. But here we are in 2020, and Monster Hunter World has hit its mark. With 15 million copies sold, and the expansion Iceborne having uh, sold 5 million copies, 
I would say Capcom really did their job. Uh, it actually is the highest selling game in Capcom's history now, uh, you know, Monster Hunter World. So that really is a testament to how well this game was made. You know, the reason why this game also takes the number one spot for me in terms of the best game of the last generation is it had a day one update, but honestly, like it probably didn't even need it. Like you, you probably could have had no update at all at launch and no one would have batted an eye. This game released in such a very well done state that it took me by surprise and made me appreciate it so much more. They also streamlined a lot of what made the older games unattractive to so many new players where just like the gathering of materials and stuff is so meticulous. You know, the whetstones, they broke after a certain usage. Uh, your, your pickaxe broke after a certain usage. And it's not that you can't have games where that happens. It's just this game isn't about mining, you know, like it's about hunting monsters. So I, I got frustrated when I would have to pull up, you know, put a bunch of mega pickaxes or iron pickaxes as well in my inventory to take up space just to mine materials. They got rid of all that. And for some people, they might've not liked it. They might've actually liked the more crafting experience or the resource gathering experience that the old games provide. I don't know. But for me, after all these years of playing the games, I was kind of over it. Uh, I really like that they streamlined that. They also streamlined the use of items. So in the old Monster Hunter games, um, trying to remember if Generations had it, uh, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, you had to stand still. So if I used a Mega Potion to get my health back or a Dash Juice to get max stamina, you have to stand still. <laughs> The monster is still going to attack you. Like, it's not going anywhere. It's going to, you know, try to take you out. So with Monster Hunter World, you can at least walk with your, you know, your potion, you know, while you're drinking your potion. I believe Sword and Shield and some other light weapons, you can run still. There's something about the Sword and Shield for sure when you use an item that's different than other weapon classes. But I don't remember what it is at this uh, given time. Um, so, yeah. Monster Hunter World came out, and honestly, it took the world by surprise, though. You know, you know, not to just keep saying world, but, you know, it got very great reviews. I believe on Metacritic right now from the critics, it's at 90. Uh, I mean, before, I, this isn't exactly a review of the game, but you can kind of take it as that. I mean, I'd give the, the game sitting here right now a 9.7 out of 10. This game, in my mind, is almost a masterpiece. It really is. So for PlayStation players, there was Horizon Zero Dawn content. There was, uh, I think they got that exclusive content. There was a Witcher crossover, Mega Man crossover, Street Fighter, Devil May Cry, Assassin's Creed, Final Fantasy. Um, I think I think that's everything. But so uh, you know, you get to literally have a costume where you just dress up as Geralt from The Witcher, Ciri from The Witcher, uh, the main character from uh, Assassin's Creed Origins, you can dress up as him, or Dante from Devil May Cry, or even Ryu and oh, some other girl that I'm drawing a blank. I'm drawing a blank of from Street Fighter. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Anyways, so they had crossover events. They had updates where they released, so for Monster Hunter World, they released Lunastra, Davilio, Col uh, Colfteroth, the Behemoth from Final Fantasy, which was a crossover monster, 
uh, the Legend, which is a crossover um, monster from uh, The Witcher. And so Monster Hunter World was good. I had a, a very good amount of content. It had 31 monsters in it total. And that was not ex including Iceborne. We'll we're going to get to there. But we're talking about World right now. So there was a ton of stuff to do. The story They added more of a story than the previous Monster Hunter games. Uh, it's not that they didn't have a story, but this one actually had like cinematics, um, a very clear like path of this is what's going on, here's what we're investigating. So there was a monster named Zora Magnaros, which is basically a walking volcano, and it was on its last breath, it was dying, and it was going into a certain part of the world where I guess elder dragons go to die. Well, there's another elder dragon called Nergigante, which is my best friend, and he likes to murder these elder dragons as they're dying. He likes to kill them. And I guess one way or another, if he was allowed to kill Zora Magnaros, it would destroy the environment. So it's up to the, the fifth fleet, which is a group of researchers and hunters, to stop Nergigante and find out what's really going on. So they do that. They stop him. Stop Nergigante. They repel him. Come to find out that there's actually a new elder dragon being bred too that is called Xenojiva. So that is the main quest. That is what happens in, I guess if you want to call it a campaign. That is the main quest for Monster Hunter World. And then after that, it is, you know, just gathering equipment, getting your stats as high as you can, and hunting your favorite monsters over and over again for the best equipment possible. But the thing about Monster Hunter is all of these monsters are so well designed that they truly feel like living, breathing creatures, though. they It doesn't feel like your typical AI. They will... You have to literally study these monsters and get used to their movesets or, or their, their behavior. You can't just run in there and hope for the best. Uh, if you have higher level equipment, I guess you can. But as somebody who's new to the game, you're not going to be able to do that. I mean, I haven't seen it from a lot of people. And Monster Hunter World brought a ton of new players to this franchise. You really have to study the environment, know your surroundings, and study the monsters. And I think that's crazy in it, in it, in of itself, though. Like, what other games do that so well, where you have to study the enemy to know exactly where to strike, to dodge, to parry? I mean, to, to these massive creatures... I mean, I realize as I'm talking that, you know, you got Bloodborne, Dark Souls, um, Surge, Shadow of Colossus, which Shadow of Colossus, you know, amazing game. There's games out there as well, I guess, like Monster Hunter. And I'm not saying that Monster Hunter is a Souls-like. I'm not one of those people. Those games do it really well, too. But in terms of pure, like, animals and hunting them, I, I just think this game takes it to a level that no other franchise has before. And obviously with Monster Hunter World, they also got rid of, you know, in, in the old games, when you'd walk into an area, you'd have to load into the next one. Obviously, that's because of the power of the console. It was just on a 3DS. But that's also how they designed the game from the beginning, even on the PS2. So they had their hardware limitations, I'm assuming, which is understandable. The game is very big and, you know, it was started, it, you know, the franchise started at a very early age of gaming. So with Monster Hunter World, they got rid of that. You can literally just have an open area and you just keep going and going and going. There's no loading uh, in between the areas unless you're going back to the base, the research base, unless you finish the quest. 
you know, your typical loading screens that make sense. But once you're in the environment, the locale, that's it. There's no more loading. So it's very cool what they've done. The creatures are very unique. Each one of them is different. Uh, you know, some of them have the same skeleton. So that means that when they design these monsters, for instance, Kushaladora, Lunastra, and Valhasak, they are the same skeleton. So when they design the monsters, they're aesthetically designing them over the skeleton. So what you'll notice is if you're attacking each of these monsters' heads and you stun them, they're all going to have the same fall animation. So at the same time, you can use that to your advantage because even though their movesets are different, for the most part, your dodging and your, your moments to strike will almost be the same for each monster depending on what level you're fighting it. And by that, I mean, you know, Kushal Adora, when he's at full anger, you know, when he's completely angry, he's got like a windstorm around him that's basically a tornado. So you can't get too close. You have to weaken him. Valhasak has his Influvium, Influvia, which is like a toxic gas, if that's the best way I can describe it. If you're listening to this and you played it, then you know what I'm talking about. And then, you know, Toaster, <laughs> uh, you know, Teostra, uh, I call him Toaster. And, um, you know, he's got a bunch of fire around him. So, you know, this game, I think, when it finally came out, was such a breath of fresh air as this generation, in my, in my experience, lacked a lot of good gaming, you know? We, we dealt with a generation where updates are what made the game, and we're going to be talking about that with one game, uh, you know, probably here in a week or two, as I do my next episode on it. But it's just Monster Hunter World really came out swinging, and it never stopped. It really didn't. They have, they have holiday events, so they have exclusive outfits and weapons that they release for summer, winter, you know, Halloween, Christmas, New Year's, the anniversary of the game's release date. All of this has weapons, costumes, layered armor, new armor sets, new event quests, fun things you can do every single time. And that, in my mind, is something that every game should really take an eye on and go, oh, wow, we need to do that. And they should. They should do that. Because it always kept people coming back no matter what. They would have new event quests that would rotate every week. Uh, some of them, I believe, started to get a little redundant. You know, it's like, okay, well, I've already done that over and over again. I'm good. But, you know, so they had limited time monsters. So Kolf Teroth was here for like, I think, a month or two when it initially released. And then they brought her back like a few months later. And you were able to farm her again for her equipment, which was very good. Just things like that really kept us coming back to this game. And then last year, well, before I jump into Iceborne, I also want to talk about your Palico. So your Palico is a feline buddy. It's a cat, an oversized cat that stands on its hind legs. And it, it can provide support and also attack monsters with you. And you can kind of customize it to an extent where you can have the cat with a sword. Uh, you can have it with a certain weapon. You can give it armor. You can't really mix and match that much. They literally only give it a headpiece. And then a body piece, which takes up, like, you know, you can't give it gauntlets. You can't give it certain greaves or a waist piece. It's all one body piece and a helmet and then one weapon. But you were able to change the weapons around and armor as well to 
do whatever you can. So like for the, for instance, if you're listening to this and you haven't done it yet, one of the things I recommend the most is actually giving your Palico a sleep weapon. So if you're playing by yourself, your Palico is going to put that monster to sleep like once or twice, no matter what fight, <laughs> like it happens every time for me. And then I have the, I have, um, you can give your Palico equipment. So they are allowed to bring out equipment. So there's explosives, health, uh, traps, and orchestra equipment, which gives you support bonuses, which is what I use. Uh, and I think a couple other things that I'm drawing a blank on. But your Palico is like another level to the game that no one expected. There's a whole side, there's a whole side campaign pretty much. Um, it's a it's a quest line to get all the equipment for your Palico and then experience a little side story. Uh, you know, Monster Hunter World before we move on to Iceborne was fantastic. Uh, I'm just I'm really grateful for how good it is because I spent so much time on that game and it was just nice to get something different. Uh, you know, the Witcher. Uh, story DLC that they released was extremely fun. It was a, it, I just didn't expect such an experience from it. There's like two different ways to end the story to that, so that was really cool. But then they released Iceborne. So Iceborne is a $40 expansion that came out last year in September. It was recently just the one-year anniversary of that. And let me tell you, everyone, this expansion added a whole new campaign, a few new locales, and in-game content that no one could expect. It also added 24 brand new monsters, and we've already had one, about four or five, you know, through title updates, and we're getting the God of All Dragons, you know, in October, so kind of a big deal. <laughs> Iceborne took everything we loved about Monster Hunter World and said, let's improve it. They added the Clutch Claw which allowed mounting monsters and tenderizing the meat a little bit better so you can weaken certain parts of the monster's body to get constant critical hits. It's very, very important. The only critique I would say I have for this is that it almost seems like you can't really fight the monster unless you you know, uh, weaken its spots immediately with a clutch claw, which can probably seem a little annoying at first, but it's still a very, very fun uh, equipment piece to use. Uh, it helps you mount the monsters faster. You can shoot slinger ammo into the wall, uh, which I forgot to talk about in the Monster Hunter World segment, is that there's a, a slinger or slingshot or um, the clutch claw is, what is it called? I guess it's just called slinger ammo, but you have this arm piece which allows you to use um, like a grappling hook sort of, and you can also shoot out of it with like, you know, bomb pieces that you find on the ground or just rocks to stun the monster or distract it. Very cool. But in Iceborne, they expanded it and allowed weapon classes to have certain combos with it. So like with a sword and shield, if I'm doing your typical chain slash attack, I can press, I can roll and then press LB and I'll clutch claw onto the monster, which almost immediately tenderizes the, uh, the certain spot, no matter what, where it would normally take two tries to do that. So there's just a lot of depth that they've added. They added, like, I believe one or two combos to every single weapon class that weren't in the game beforehand. You know, melee combos or bow combos, which are super badass. They're extremely fun to use. Every weapon in this game just feels good. And that's the thing, too, is, like, you at, at any moment, you can make a new weapon set and basically completely just change your class and your play style uh, however you want. You know, you can do whatever you want in this game. And Iceborne said, let's just do it better. 
So with all the new locales and the monsters they've added and the in-game content, I would just say Monster Hunter World, which is now called Iceborne, is the single best game that came out this generation. And I know a lot of people may not agree, but I'm telling you for the pure amount of content, the longevity, the just the technical scope of this game is so well done. It's hard to not appreciate. The sound effects are great. The visuals are great. Um, there's almost no glitches in the game, you know, that are like going to ruin it for you. I'm sure there's a bunch of little bugs and crap that you can probably, probably find, but the game as a whole just feels complete the second you pick it up. And that was one of the biggest things again, that really ruined this generation. I think for a lot of people is if it wasn't a remaster, it was a game that needed updates just to feel finished because for some reason deadlines just got taken out the window and they said, you know what? Just, just release it the way it is, and then we'll update it, and then it'll be the full game it was meant to be like a year later. So uh, I just wanted to talk about this real quick. I think this is really fun to talk about as we are entering a new generation that's immediately looking better than this one, in my opinion, as I just talked about the PlayStation 5 showcase a, a couple days ago. And then also Xbox. They're definitely not hitting the mark like I wish they would because I'm such a huge Xbox fan, uh, you know, just... Everything about Xbox means the world to me. We have a lot of work to do, but you know what? Sony looks good. Nintendo looks good. Let's let's. We need Xbox to look good too, and I really think that's going to happen. So I'm so excited for the future of gaming. I and I know I know I keep saying this, and I'm like a broken record, but we have a great generation coming up, everyone, and I hope you're all excited as much as I am. So before I go, uh, this actually worked out really well in my favor. We have. Excuse the paper. We had a couple of Monster Hunter announcements today. So there's two Monster Hunter games coming exclusively to the Switch, which I think is extremely smart. We need to keep the Nintendo fan base happy as they're, as the console at this given time can unfortunately not run Monster Hunter World. It just I just think the, the Switch can't handle it, the type of game that it is. So what better way to make up to all of the amazing Monster Hunter fans out there that are on Nintendo devices by releasing Monster Hunter Rise. It was just announced today. It will be coming out March 26, 2021, and is exclusive to the Switch, as I said. So it's going to be adding free roam, just like Monster Hunter World did. So there's no more loading screens once you're in the locale. Once you're on the hunt or you're doing an expedition, that's it. There's no more loading. So it's very, very good. Uh, it brings new life into your hunts with four-player co-op coming back as well, which is just fantastic. You can use a wire bug to get around. So it looks like they combined pretty much everything from Monster Hunter World that was new into one item. It's called the wire bug. So it's kind of like your scout flies and the clutch claw all put together. But my god, if you see the trailer, it looks amazing. You're literally like scaling mountains and run, run, uh, running around like Spider-Man. <laughs> But they've also added attacks with this wire bug. So you can do like some really crazy sword and shield attack that they show in the trailer. You basically come down like a tornado on the monster. It's really cool. Uh, definitely just have to t check out the trailer. I don't want to ruin it <laughs> by not being able to describe it very well. But this game looks amazing. So there's four new monsters announced so far. So we have a new flagship monster. It's a fanged wyvern that looks terrifying. <laughs> I don't know much about it. We have a new bird, a couple new bird wyverns. One attacks in groups of three. So there's two younger ones with it that are juveniles, I'm assuming. And they try to attack you in pairs. 
or plan their attacks differently. One of them looks like a giant rooster as well. Uh, but th these monsters look cool. I'm not talking them down. And then another one is an amphibian monster, which looks like a hippopotamus mixed with a frog. I don't know what's going on, but the monster's face itself looks very sick. I'm excited for that fight. They're also introducing the Palamute. So as you heard me say earlier, Palicos are your feline buddies that are there to support you and basically your team members on a hunt. Well, now for the first time in Monster Hunter's fran uh, you know, in the franchise, they are adding wolves <laughs> or dogs, whatever you want to call them. But they look like wolf dogs, to be honest. And they are called Palamutes, which are a new companion that you can ride on and it will also fight with you. So just like the Palico, you can now ride on a freaking wolf and also have it hunt with you. And I was so blown away in the trailer. So they basically took the rider, the hunter rider um, ability from Monster Hunter World and expanded on it and turned it into a full-fledged, you're riding on this companion. You can control where you go because in Monster Hunter World, it just followed the tracks or the destination that you actually pressed on the map. It wasn't, wasn't really that cool, to be honest, but better than nothing, right? So they are expanding on so much that Monster Hunter World did. And I feel like Monster Hunter Rise is going to be a huge test to see what kind of features that they want to implement for World 2 or you know whatever the next mainland Monster Hunter is called. So I'm pretty excited to see what's going on. This game is such a welcomed surprise announcement. I couldn't be more thrilled to play this game on my Switch. I think Monster Hunter on Nintendo devices is great. Uh, you know, Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate is where they introduced the Zelda DLC. Uh, you know, Star Fox DLC, Mario DLC. I mean, I cannot wait for the amount of crossovers. I'm pretty sure we're going to get a Breath of the Wild one. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, not confirmed. I'm just saying it, it would make sense for them to do it. And then you can basically just traverse the game the way you want. Like, it's going to be pretty intense. I'm really curious to see how it plays out with the hunts. If I am able to wire bug over a mountain, like is the monster going to chase me over the mountain or is it kind of like going to be too easy and I can escape? Maybe just chill on top of the mountain and recover my health and stamina or give myself buffs and then jump back down. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how it plays out. No matter what, in terms of mobility, I'm really excited for it. But one of the things Monster Hunter World did was streamline the franchise, as I previously said, and... I'm not dogging on Capcom at all, but it did technically make the games a lot easier in my opinion uh, until Latreon came out and killed us all. You know, I think this kind of mobility might make the games easier, so I'm really curious to see how they balance that with the monsters and your your overall fight and the difficulty of it. So I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to be bad, I'm just saying I'll really, I'm really excited to see how they handle it. So one of the other games that was announced today is Monster Hunter Stories 2, which will be coming out in summer of 2021, and will have some compatibility features with Monster Hunter Rise. And this game is more of a story-driven RPG, a very you know story-driven campaign rather than just straight hunts. And it it's, takes place in some other part of the world, and a young boy meets a wyvern girl that has a Rathalos egg, and she hands it to him. Uh, come to find out the boy you play as, or I think a girl, I think you can choose between them, uh, is the descendant of a legendary hunter tamer named Red. So I don't know if they were kind of like poking fun at uh, Pokemon with that by choosing the name Red. But anyways, you are his descendant, 
and you basically get your kinstone, which is what allows you to form a kinship with the monsters, and you get a Rathalos egg, and that's where the game starts. And apparently Rathalos are leaving their natural habitat due to unknown reasons, and it is your mission to find out why, and along the way, obviously, uh, create a kinship with other monsters that, that are from previous games. So this game is kind of like a turn-based RPG. Uh, the best way I can describe it, and I mean this in a good way, is imagine a more open-world and better-developed Pokemon game. Because <laughs> even though I didn't beat it, Monster Hunter Stories 1 is very good. You can actually play it on the phone if they didn't delete it off the App Store. It's also available for the 3DS and had a ton of uh, exclusive content on that as well. Uh, all free, by the way. I'm sorry, before I stop with Monster Hunter World, I did not say this. All of the DLC released after Monster Hunter World is completely free. Iceborne, the expansion you had to pay for, but every Iceborne update was free as well. So, real quick, that matters a lot. But a lot of people did that this generation, so I'm not going to completely just freak out over it. But yeah, Monster Hunter Stories 2 looks to really take up the mantle from where the first one did and say, let's just like Iceborne, let's improve everything about it and make it look a lot better because right now the cinematics look amazing. Uh, I'm really excited to see the story unfold and see what they do with it. I know the gameplay is going to be great because the first game was, and it's a, like I said, turn-based RPG. I don't know how different you can make the gameplay. I'm excited to see how they innovate it. And yeah, so that is my, a new generation looking back series uh today once again we are looking back at monster hunter world which is my personal favorite game of the last generation i really hope you guys enjoy this series i'm hoping to get other people on for the next episode as i'm talking about a game that requires other people to play with <laughs> and well it doesn't require in most cases but let me tell you it's way better with other people than by yourself but i really hope you enjoy the episode thank you again for all your support on the show you guys are phenomenal I really appreciate all of you. This podcast is a dream of mine that's finally been realized. And to be able to record these shows and get them out to you guys, uh, it's just so much fun for me. So if you have any feedback or if you want to join in on a conversation, uh, hit me up on Instagram at It Just Works Podcasts. And that's pretty much it for the show today, guys. And thank you for listening to the It Just Works Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.